Sing Second Sports is a ProVision Advisors production. Let us solve your toughest communication problems and leave your team stronger and more capable for the challenges that lie ahead. Visit www.provisionadvisors.net to learn more. Welcome aboard another great podcast from us, the Sing Second Sports team. Today, it is me, John Schofield. I'm your host, Bill Wagner, special guest from the Capital Gazette, and Chris Cervello is our producer. This is your women's lacrosse preview show. Last week, we brought you Joe Amplo and the men. Today is Cindy Chimchel and women's lacrosse. They are starting off the season against Cal Friday, 3 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Stadium. Check that out. Um, they've got a pretty, pretty tough schedule. They've got a lot of returning seniors, a lot of people that Cindy Tinchel is excited about. We're going to talk to Cindy about that in the next segment. Wags, first of all, you know, before we get into the X's and O's and who's coming back and who the newcomers are to keep an eye on, the first thing that I want to talk about in terms of women's lacrosse is terms like the westernization of it all. Um, we're starting off the year against Cal. Uh, when we talk to Cindy, she brings up a lot of great teams that they want to play and try to schedule from the Pac-12. Um, you've got a lot of local lacrosse players, and you know this from your work covering women's lacrosse for the Capitol, from the local Annapolis area who, who for some reason are going out to San Diego State to play lacrosse. So before we get into the X's and O's of Navy women's lacrosse, what can you kind of observe from the westernization and how all of this talent is now bringing something that was a mid-Atlantic sport exclusively to now being, well, national, but definitely Western. Well, yeah, I mean, talking about the expansion of women's lacrosse is a long story, but the Cliff's Notes version is Title IX has made women's lacrosse a very attractive sport to add to athletic departments. The big reason, it's not expensive. It's very minimal equipment. In most cases, the players have their own sticks. Um, they wear goggles now, which is relatively new in recent history. Not all players wear goggles. It's not mandatory. But the there's very little equipment charge. So the bottom line is to offset football, which is 85 scholarships, you need to add women's sports with scholarships. Women's across, most teams have about 12 scholarships. And so universities across the country, South, West, East, wherever, have been adding women's across as a way to, to help balance the Title IX numbers, and especially at football schools. So USC has women's lacrosse. They don't have men's lacrosse. They'll never have men's lacrosse. Uh, Florida has women's lacrosse. Uh, Brianna Harris's sister, Kayla, uh, played at Florida or good Lord. I hope I don't have it the wrong way, but the twins from Broadneck. Uh, and it was great when Florida played Navy and they squared off against each other. I think that happened twice, but schools throughout the country are adding women's lacrosse and the West has been a big expansion. And that conference 
is very talented. And Navy's playing Cal. That's a program that's been good for a number of years now. You mentioned San Diego. Who wouldn't want to go play for in San Diego? So it's an easy sell to bring some East Coast kids out there west and have them enjoy the California lifestyle. And then, you know, you've got Denver. Uh, I mean, there's that. If you go and look at that conference, and I believe now it was like a Rocky Mountain, Mountain West type conference. But now I think the uh, Pac-12 actually has its own women's lacrosse conference. They needed someone else to come on board, and that did happen. And I think they now have enough schools to qualify as a conference that gets an automatic NCAA tournament bid. I believe UCLA may have just added women's cross, John. Um, I think you're right. Yep. I know Oregon's got it. Cal, USC, um, pretty sure UCLA jumped on board. I'm pretty sure Stanford has it. So, I mean, I'm, I don't have my, I need to get on Google here and make Colorado sure. Colorado too. Right. But uh, I mean, it's impressive. You're absolutely right. Um, and it's great that Cal's coming here to Navy. That's going to be a, a great game on Friday. I'm looking forward to it. I'll be there on Friday afternoon, John. Yeah, well, hopefully you have better weather for that opener than the men enjoyed versus the mount for their opener. And certainly, hopefully, the uh, the result is different. So let's talk about who Cindy Chimchel is going to be playing against Cal and for this entire season. I mean, the outlook is very good. Uh, in the recent preseason poll, Navy was second. Seniors Jill Eby, Christine Fiore, and Reagan Roloffs were all named to the preseason All-League team. This is a team that's had good results, kind of hammered by the COVID pandemic, um, you know, like a lot of teams over the last two years. But now you have to think, Bill, that this is not only a team that's going to make some noise and battle it out with Loyola to win the Patriot League, but this is a team that can win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament as we get into May, right? Well, Loyola is going to be tough to beat. They are just absolutely loaded, and it's because they – keep bringing players back year after year. I mean, they're, they've got fifth, sixth year players um, and they're very talented. Loyola's always been good. And when you start telling them that all their seniors can come back for an extra year, it makes them even better. And that's something Navy cannot compete with. Navy seniors graduate and go on to serve. So this whole thing with COVID with super seniors and graduate students and all of the like is not helped the service academies, but, this league has produced multiple NCAA tournament qualifiers in the past. Loyola and Navy have both gone on multiple occasions, and I could see that happening again this year. And that's why these non-conference games against the likes of Cal are crucial. And we should mention that Navy was unable to schedule the ACC schools that it likes to play. If you go back and look, Navy has consistently played Virginia, Duke, and Boston College, due to scheduling conflicts, and I spoke to Coach Tim Shaw about this when I did my interview for the Capitol for the preview, uh, just weren't able to work out games with those schools. Uh, Virginia will be back on the schedule next year, but Navy's had to go and replace those schools with similar caliber opponents because they want to get quality wins outside the Patriot League, which will help with an at-large bid, if necessary, to the NCAA tournament. So Navy is playing in addition to Cal. They're playing Johns Hopkins. That's a team the Navy has played in scrimmages over the years. 
I believe this will be the first time that Navy's ever played Hopkins in a regular season match, and Hopkins is ranked, so a win against Hopkins would would help you. So uh, I think they've got Georgetown is another solid women's lacrosse program. Ricky Free's been the coach up there, done a great job over the years. So they've had to replace those ACC schools, which was, you know, guaranteed quality wins if you could get them with a few different opponents. But uh, Cindy's done a good job with getting the likes of Cal Hopkins in Georgetown on the schedule, John. The Maryland fan in me, and I'll, I'll very plainly state that as I always do, you know, hopes that Kathy Reese and, and Cindy are talking about trying to renew you know, what's special about that rivalry, not just, um, you know, not just the, you know, the, the, the history that Cindy has at University of Maryland, uh, but because it's such a special interstate rivalry and you have so many kids from St. Mary's and Broadneck and Mount St. Joe's and from these local schools decide whether they're going to play lacrosse you know, for the number one ranked Terrapins or whatever the Terps are going to be, or, you know, Navy and a Hall of Fame coach and Cindy Timschel. So it's something to, it's something to keep an eye on and something that I hope that they can figure out in scheduling as we get post COVID, because those local rivalries, I think are very special, particularly to the local Anne Arundel community. Chris, any observations from you about this upcoming season? Super excited. Um, you, you know, you'll hear in the interview as, as you and Wax both mentioned, I mean, we love having coach Tim Schwann to talk lacrosse or anything else that she wants to talk about. She's such a great guest. Before you wrap up this uh, opening segment, I did want to give a shout out to alumni and friend of the pod, Jesse Awuji. Um, this was a big week for Jesse. We mentioned last year that Jesse had signed a deal with uh, Dallas Cowboys great Emmett Smith uh, to partner on their uh, NASCAR venture. This week, Jesse and Emmett Smith announced that they'll be partnering with Chevrolet for the entire 2022 Xfinity racing season. If you remember when we had Jesse on last year, um, he was really worried that um, you know he hadn't found the right partnership that would allow him to compete uh, in a full season, which he felt like was the the launch pad to uh, bigger and better things. Uh, it's great news that Jesse and uh, Emmett will compete all year. Uh, and we look forward to having Jesse on at some point as we enter into, I know, John, this is your favorite time of year, as we enter into uh, the Daytona 500 and the beginning of uh, of racing season. Oh yeah. When, when cars go left, I mean, there is no, there is no other accelerant in my life than watching an automobile make a left turn. I mean, that's huge for me. So, but in all seriousness, uh, congrats to Jesse and, and definitely friend of the pod and we can't wait to have him back on. Um, Wags, great conversation. Yeah. Without any further ado, let's get Cindy on here who, sorry to everyone else is just our best guest. Always. Um, I'm a huge fan of hers and, and always will be. So without any further ado, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Cindy Timchell. This is Sing Second Sports. The Sing Second Sports podcast is brought to you by our friends at Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis. Whether it's the burger of the day in an old fashioned or a Cabernet and their Cuban sandwich, which is my favorite. Be sure to check out both locations when you come to town to catch a basketball game or lacrosse game here this winter and fall. That's Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar on Main Street in Annapolis. Now back to the pod. Hey, hey everyone. Welcome back to Saint Second Sports. It is time for the coaches segment here on our Women's Lacrosse Preview Special. And of course, that means talking to Hall of Fame head coach 
Cindy Timschel. You all know she came to the Naval Academy in 2006 and since then has done nothing but basically build a power program just like she did at Maryland before that. So coach, before any other preamble, we're on the cusp of starting the season. It's happening Friday night. Cal comes a calling. What's it like? Where are you in terms of, you know, a COVID season versus a non-COVID season after the oddity of last year? And what are your expectations? Well, uh, a very different, you know, landscape coming in 2022. um, And obviously the week of uh, preparing for our very first home opener. And, you know, as you said, you know, very different look in terms of our preparation COVID wise with, you know, all of our athletes are vaccinated. Testing occurs, occur, uh, uh, you know, occasionally on, on campus and, you know, doing all the protocols that whether the CDC that, and the Department of Navy has directed us. And of course, you know, led by Chet Gladchuk, our athletics department, taking all these protocols to keep our team safe, athletes safe. And certainly, you know, as you said, just be as prepared in that area of health wise as we possibly can approaching the 2022, you know, opener on Friday. So before I, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, in terms of how we feel preparation wise, you know, lacrosse side of things, we've been working tremendously hard since the moment we obviously came back on campus back in August through the amazing fall ball season season and then coming back to campus in January and, you know, playing in all sorts of weather, whether it be snow, ice, cold, rain, uh, occasionally inside, but mostly out. Um, practice in the stadium coming up to prep for our stadium, uh, you know, home opener on Friday. We feel good, confident, you know, and prepared, ready to play. So, Coach, I asked uh, Joe Amplo the same thing about the lead up to the Mount game. There were some scrimmages scheduled. Uh, you had some opportunities for the uh, for the ladies to compete and kind of see where they are coming into this new season. What have you gleaned uh, so far from what you've seen in the you know kind of you know practice stages? And you know, which of your newcomers you know should we keep an eye on uh, to make a name for themselves <laughs> in this new season? Well, um, well, there's a lot of newcomers, including my staff, you know, with associate ed coach, you know, Brooke Shriver, you know, Brindy Griffin, um, both have won national titles as players. And, you know, as coaches, Brooke coached at Penn State, also have a new coach and a volunteer, Maddie uh, McDaniel, who won a national title at James Madison, played her super senior year at USC. Um, really excited about those newcomers into the program. You know, our just to speak briefly before I talk about newcomers, you know, our amazing senior class, you know, headed by Reagan Roloff and Christine Fury as our captains are bringing back a tremendous amount of enthusiasm, desire to be the best they can be, working our ethic at practice and just really focusing on getting better every day. You know, the newcomers are exciting. You know, we're, we have some fresh new players that will make uh, an impact on our program. Um, and so, you know, to lead off, we have one of the top freshmen in the country, Emily Messinese, uh, will be starting at midfield. 
We have several other players we anticipate making a tremendous impact. We have a freshman attacker from Long Island, Lola Leon, who will be an immediate, um, you know, inserted into our attack and really generate an amazing, you know, hope, you know, amazing offense for us um, to start. Hey, Coach, so good to see you. And uh, yeah. this will be yeah. two days in a row for me talking to Coach Tim Shaw because I did a lengthy interview with uh, Coach yesterday to for my season preview that I write for the Capitol. But um, you had three players selected preseason All-Patriot League. Reagan Roloffs, who everyone knows, she's uh, become a household name like so many other great Navy players before her. Um, Jill Eby and Christina Fioria, you'd mentioned her just now. Um, you know, by virtue of those honors, they become leaders of your team when they're selected among the best players in the entire conference. That means they're among the best players on your team and therefore they need to lead. Can you talk a little bit about each of those three players? Uh, yes. I mean, starting off with Fragan, she has been a tremendous asset to our program and, you know, the, one of the top draw specialists in the country, we feel. Um, so she brings a lot of experience. She, you know, starts every game with, with a draw and she has improved her game tremendously on the offensive end, you know, as a senior captain, you know, experience on the offensive end, working, you know, harder to score and develop our offense. A lot of good things you should expect from Reagan, Christine Fiore's. Uh, you know, another one of our senior captains on the defensive end, certainly a, a, a tremendous team player, impactful on the defensive end, just leads that defense along with our goalie, Joe Therese and, you know, Aaron Carson that, you know, just really locks in on the defensive end. We're looking for a strong performance as she leads that defense, you know, and finally, Jill, you know, Jill is a a local player from um, NDP in the Baltimore area. Um, gosh, just an amazing athlete. Um, just gets the job done up and down the field, you know, plays the full 100, 100 yards and beyond um, on the offensive end and the defensive end. So exciting to see her step out on the field as a senior on Friday. And speaking of Friday, obviously Cal is a program that, one of many that started on the West Coast, uh, not, you know, relatively last decade or a little more. Um, talk a little bit about Cal, the challenge you believe they present as a non-conference opponent. Yeah. Uh, well, we always like to play big conferences. And in this situation, playing uh, a team in the Pac-12, you know, that also, you know, hosts, you know, premier programs of Oregon and Stanford and USC and Colorado. So having Cal come to, you know, town is exciting for us. You know, we, we've, we've played Cal in the regular season um, in previous years. So to have them come to Annapolis will be an exciting opener for us. Um, Openers are tough as we've witnessed. And so, you know, we know that Cal played in a tremendous tough conference for the Pac-12 and to bring back, you know, some uh, seniors and some portal players into their program. Uh, Early on, we don't know what to expect. So our focus has been on Navy, but we do have a glimpse of several players that 
uh, concern us when we step on the field on Friday. However, you know, we feel well prepared. It's exciting to play a Pac-12 team here in Annapolis. It doesn't happen all the time. So it is a very exciting time for us. So I mentioned the preseason poll and the honors, et cetera. Um, Loyola was picked to win the league, you know, unanimously, overwhelmingly. Navy picked second. Um, first and foremost, talk about the challenge presented by Loyola. And you and I talked about this yesterday. The Patriot League women's lacrosse selects four preseason players of the year. The attacker of the year, of attacker of the year uh, preseason is Livy Rosenweig of Loyola, graduate student. Midfielder of the year, Sam Fiedler of Loyola, graduate student. <laughs> Defensive player of the year, Katie Detweiler, super senior. Goalkeeper of the year, uh, Caitlin Larson, graduate student. So, um, and they're not the only uh, sixth, fifth or sixth year and I don't know, I know we call the fifth year super seniors. I don't know what we call the graduate students, uh, you know, spectacular seniors. I don't know. But can you talk about A, Loyola and the challenge they present, and then B, how long is this going to last where teams have players that have been held over? Because because of the NCAA granting extra eligibility, sophomores became freshmen, juniors became sophomores, and so on. So how many years are you going to be playing against – kids that should have graduated <laughs> well yeah you know it it presents its challenges and certainly here at the naval academy and our philosophy uh, and obviously again led by chet Blackchalk, we we know those challenges they present ourselves you know we come with a you know a fresh look we feel like we have very strong seniors and a strong freshman class. So you, you probably think that we're going to be a little bit on the young side and we'll have to grow into it. But the challenge is, yeah, I mean, we're, we've been a conference in which it was very difficult to gain back your fifth year to compete. Um, the pandemic changed a lot of that. And I feel like, you know, uh, it, it will probably cycle out in a couple of years. And, and it's not just the teams we play, although this year we don't play Virginia. You know, but next year we're playing Duke. Um, you know, we play a Big Ten opponent in Hopkins for the very first time in season this year. They all have what we just talked about, the benefit of whether it's a super senior returning. You know, it's not just fifth fifth year. Now it is a six-year player. And now obviously the portal has gained its momentum. And we don't even want to bring up, you know, the NL I and what that presents for premier. It's not just the premier athlete that has a ben beneficial effect of NLI, you know, um, lacrosse players are gaining benefits from that. So, yeah, I mean, the challenges are there, but that's what we coach. That's why we're here at the Naval Academy for something that is far greater than just stepping out on the field to serve your country. Um, and we're doing it the way we, we can do it. I, I do have two graduated senior captains that are in med school, maybe I can have them come up from Bethesda and join us too, but no, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, that's how it plays out for us. Uh, we know that. Um, so we're going to just, you know, go out there and compete like crazy. Well, coach, I'm going to turn you over to Chris Cervello, our producer yeah. behind the glass, because Chris loves when you come on, uh, you always bring so much excitement and energy. So Chris, Chris, <laughs> Thank you. And talk to coach Tim Shaw. Oh my gosh. Hey, Coach, I actually am, uh, because you did such a great job with your uh, football picks, I actually am going to ask you about the Super Bowl. Do you have a pick for Sunday? 
Oh if you my don't, God. I understand. I, I figured yeah, I would just ask. I'm probably not a Ram. I'm probably going to go with the Rams. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I do. I mean, there's nobody who hasn't fallen in love with the whole idea. I was actually uh, of, of Cincinnati. Right. You know, and, and people were like, well, when they started winning and upsetting some teams, you're like, oh, this is like a Cinderella story and, and, it, and their time is due. So it's hard not to root for Burroughs. I mean, in, in those, yeah. uh, you know, Cartier glasses he wore, <laughs> he's, he's just, a, you know, I'm, I'm into the fashion. That's why I watch the Olympics to see all the fashion. No, I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, I was actually at the Super Bowl and I'm going to date myself in Pontiac, Michigan, when Cincinnati was playing the 49ers in, with Joe Montana. Wow. Um, John Taylor you know, caught the winning touchdown pass. Yes. It, it was an amazing game. And uh, I mean, that's when I fell in love with Chris, Chris Collingsworth. And so um, I should be rooting for the Bengals, you know, so I, I'm just, this is a game that I'm just going to enjoy the whole Super Bowl experience. And it's a really super weekend with, with Olympics going on at the same time and, Gosh, you know, we had the what the announcer from uh, the Olympics fly in from Beijing to get to the Super Bowl in time. So um, exciting times. And yes, I, I did pick the Rams, California Dreaming. However, I do have a tremendous amount of respect what Cincinnati has done. Um, you know, the Cincinnati effect. So um, we're all about that, too. Well, Coach, Hall of Fame notwithstanding, I've said this off air, but if this whole lacrosse thing doesn't work out for you, you're welcome to be a co-host <laughs> on this show anytime. So, uh, you know, please, please know that Chris Whitehead from uh, AAA is on. Chris, take a note of that. We'd, uh, okay. we'd welcome Coach Tim Scholl for any segment. Oh, I, I really, truly, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just uh, grateful for this opportunity to get on. Yes, Chris, the thumbs up. You know, uh, <laughs> we actually, it, it was Bill who gave a uh, reminder. We got a shout out um, for the NFL. And so that was kind of, uh, you know, like following us. Uh, I'm not a big social media person, but I do follow. So, um, I, you know, I think when NFL players take a notice of Navy women's lacrosse, we feel like uh, we better we better get a little hop in our step and be, be prepared, you know, this weekend. Well, I should explain to our listeners how that occurred. Lily Denton, who is a Navy women's lacrosse player, and she'll be a key contributor this year. Her father, Jim Denton, I believe, is a NFL sports agent based out of Nashville. And I think that a lot of his clients know that his daughter plays women's lacrosse at Navy, and they took it upon themselves. I think Hunter Henry, the tight end, was one of them. I'd have to go back and look exactly who the players were. There are about four or five that sent posted to twitter you know let's go navy women's cross have a great <laughs> navy women's cross is really quite cool i enjoyed it uh i'm gonna mention it in my season preview but that yeah that was awesome yeah well, yeah and it yeah we love to give little shout outs we love following the nfl the super bowl and all that it brings to the united states of america however we're pretty um you know excited about that that little shout out and little, little things make a big difference for Navy women's across. We, we agree. So coach, as I let you go, I have to ask one last question. I mean, this is yeah. something that I've loved about you uh, when you were back at Maryland, you know, like you're at an institution like Maryland, you're at meetings with Ralph region and Gary Williams. And you're like, <laughs> Hey, no big deal. I'm the one with the most national titles at this table. So, 
you know, what I've always liked is despite that, despite your success, you've always been very vocal and supportive of the other sports, of the other programs. And you've done that so many times. Every time you've been on this pod, you say something complimentary about the other sports or what else is going on. So I have to ask you as I let you go, what do you make not only of this past weekend of four stars, but of the whole N-Star series, not only being wrapped up this early, but in the dominant way that it's been done? How, how proud are you as a member of this coaching staff? This is so inspiring. Um, you know, dude, the, the track, they're just driven to get just to run fast. And, um, you know, work really close to the, you know, the track staff being in the same office, but just like gymnastics being in a situation where they relocated their whole entire setup and really the athletics department created an amazing, you know, setup for them, you know, cause we're, we're, we're doing good things. We're, we're renovating, you know, the, a building, you know, um, to make it better for not just our athletics department, our athletes, but the entire brigade. So to have the N star, like just crush it this weekend, we're just like so pumped, you know, for them and for what that means to the athletics department here at the Naval Academy, right here in the heart of Annapolis, Maryland, um, you can't get much better than that. We just, we need to now up, up our game and be ready for a really exciting moment, you know, on Friday. Yeah. And then beyond Friday, circle your calendars, ladies and gentlemen, April 23rd in Annapolis, Maryland, 2.30 PM is the star game. By that point, we'll be, I don't know, 28 and one in the star series. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, but coach said it, please come out and support the ladies of women's lacrosse at 3 p.m. on Friday against the Cal Golden Bears. Beyond that, we'll continue to have you on. We're excited to have Reagan Roloffs as one of the captains come on during this uh, episode, too. So, Coach, from us to you, good luck this season, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Sean. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Cindy Timschel of Navy Women's Lacrosse. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll be joined by Reagan Roloffs. We'll ask her about her expectations for 2022. This is Sync Second Sports. A special thank you to our fall and winter sponsors, Dry 85 and Red Red Wine Bar in Annapolis, and Academy Consulting. Thank you for your support. It's through their generosity that we're able to bring you Sing Second Sports each and every week. If you're interested in being a sponsor, drop us a DM. We'd love to hear from you. Now back to the pod. Hey, everyone. We are back. Great to be joining this, our athlete segment for the Naval Academy Women's Lacrosse preview show by senior co-captain Reagan Roloffs. Reagan joins us in her flight suit, so that answers one question, that she has service-selected aviation. She wants to be a pilot and hopefully one day go down there and learn how to fly helicopters. But in the meantime, before that, alligator closest to the boat, as I love to say, the Cal Golden Bears coming to call on Friday at Navy Marine Corps Stadium, the beginning for you, Reagan, of your final campaign, which was cut short, tragically, by COVID. Um, you didn't really get all the games that you wanted to get, but the games that you did get, you started every single one of them. So there's basically very few people as experienced in the last four years of Navy lacrosse, Navy women's lacrosse than you. Where is your mindset? Is Friday is right around the corner? And what's gonna what's this team gonna be like this year? 
I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. Um, this is a great experience. Friday, yeah, we're we're just super excited to finally kick off with the normal season. Uh, our first e class, we're the only class that uh, has had a normal season, and that was plebe year. So we're really excited to like have a normal schedule, play teams, especially like Cal coming all the way from California to to compete against us, which is huge. Uh, we're preparing. We've been preparing for like six or seven months now. We had a great fall season. And uh, yeah, we're just ready to take them on on Friday and hopefully take the win. So as the team captain, tell me a little bit about what's so special about that. It's not just three stripes. It's your teammates um, communicating to you a level of trust uh, and a level of buy-in uh, that very few people at the Naval Academy get. You know, there are um, only X amount of D1 sports, only X amount of people who get to wear the three stripes and it's not picked by your company officer or anything like that. It's from your team. What's it like as you assume the mantle of being a team captain here for your final season? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a, a big job. Uh, I, was, I was honored to be voted by my teammates um, with Christine. And ever since we were, we were picked, we were notified this summer you know, we've, we've gone, done like a lot of prep work, you know, a lot of phone calls back and forth, texts with the coaches, new coaching staff this year besides Cindy. Um, it's been great. Resetting the culture. COVID kind of crushed the academy last year, the last two years. And so as the brigade did a reset, like our team did a reset as well. So Christine and I have worked really hard on just like focusing on like the effort and the teamwork and getting together. Um, and also using the other seniors. Just because Christy and I have the three stripes doesn't mean we're any more leaders than everybody else on the team, uh, all the other firsties. So we really use them a lot and created like little families um, where it separates our big team of 43 girls and little nine teams of senior youngsters and plebes and all together eventually. So it's been, a, it's been a, a lot of work, but it's very rewarding and I can't wait to see what it brings this, this spring. Wags? Well, Reagan, real quickly, and we uh, spoke to Coach Tim Shaw about this, but what was the reaction from the Navy players when NFL stars started tweeting about Navy women's lacrosse and wishing you well on the season and best of luck? What was the reaction among the players? It was really crazy because, well, Jill first brought it to our attention, and uh, she was like, guys, some football guy who's going to the Super Bowl just, just tweeted at us. And I was like, what? No way. Like, it's just Jill. She's just joking around. And then I actually saw it and it was unreal. And then um, then Hunter Henry sent out a tweet that night and it was so crazy. I'm a big football fan. You know, I do fantasy every year and I love watching watching Sunday Sunday afternoon games. So hearing seeing those big names actually give us a shout out was was really cool, um, especially for like women's lacrosse and the Naval Academy. It's just like awesome to see that that people care about us. And so for our listeners, um, you know, women's lacrosse is slightly different from men's lacrosse in that the positions are not so tightly defined the way in men's lacrosse, your defense, midfield, attack, you attack can't even go across the field with unless someone else stays back and vice versa with defense. But Reagan is more of a full field player in a lot of ways, even though she's listed as attacker. Uh, Reagan takes the draws, which is critical, and she's awesome at it has been since she was a plebe and then plays on attack. But as coach Tim Shaw told me when we did her interview about uh, Navy women's across for the season preview that Reagan could go and play some, some midfield and play defense. She was an ice hockey player 
back in Minnesota, so she knows how to play some defense. Uh, can you just talk about having a little multiple roles and not just being, hey, you're on attack, stay down there? It's been like a roller coaster. You know, plebe year, they were like, oh, you're just an attack or you're just a Fogo with a little bit of attack. And then youngster year, I started playing a lot more just like attacking and then um, with a draw specialist. And then sometimes I'd, I'd get caught over on the defensive side and, and didn't do horribly enough for them to say never do that again. So it's grown a little bit. I'd say I'm still an attacker with uh, draw specialty, but uh, if they need me to go over, I will. I played midfield in high school, so I'm not clueless as to it, what defense is like, but I wouldn't consider myself a midfielder quite yet. I don't deserve that title. So uh, we mentioned ice hockey, and I know you played at a pretty high level back in Minnesota. Um, I'm going to presume you uh, follow the U.S. women's team, and were you as pissed off as me that we lost to arch rival Canada the other night? Yeah, it's so frustrating. The, the women's team is – they're so good, but it's it's just like the rivalry. They can't seem to to break that losing streak. So I love watching them still, though, because some of those Canadian players are unreal. So and Minnesota is pretty close to Canada. So I can't say that I, I dislike Canada that much. So last question for me, um, Loyola, they're like the big gorilla of the Patriot League. Uh, they've always been good. Navy's had incredible rivalry with Loyola. But Loyola's been given a bit of an upper hand through this COVID stuff and having players come back, and they've got fifth- and sixth-year players, which Navy cannot do. But I would imagine the players and coaches of Navy are not conceding anything to Loyola just because they may be more experienced. We're ready as ever to, to take on Loyola this year. They're our, they're our last regular season game, so we have a lot of time to prepare for that. Um, we got to take care of the first – the first teams, um, of course, but they're always in the back of our head because, you know, they ended our uh, big streak in my plebe year. We lost them in the Patriot League Championship, and, you know, they're a big rival, not as big as Army, just because we we love to, to beat Army. But, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely a close second of rivals, and I think this year we're ready to take them on. We just got to get over that little, you know, oh, we've lost to them multiple times before, but. I think this year we've got we've got a really strong team, and I think we're we're the best team Navy's had in a very long time. So I'm excited to see what we can do with that and and crush Loyola. So Reagan, we talked about you entering the dark ages, your final semester here at the Naval Academy. I mean, the dark ages here, nothing like the dark ages of Minnesota, I'm sure. But um, as you reflect, you know on your time as a lacrosse player, but also as a time, your time as a student, what's this semester going to be like for you? Like we talked to Nick Cole on the men's team last week and he was like, Oh, it's going to be so easy. I've only got 15 credits, you know, where people at regular <laughs> colleges are like 15 credits. Like that's a full load. And for Nick, it's like, Hey, this is going to be my, my, you know, easy semester. How easy or hard is your semester? Do you have any huge, like, you know, senior projects do. And then the most important question is, you know, what are your, how, do you anticipate playing lacrosse in May in the, in the NCAA tournament? Yeah. So this, this uh, semester, I, I'm along with Nick, with Nick on this one. It's definitely my easiest one. I have 17 credits, but um, there's some electives. That's not easy. <laughs> <laughs> there's some electives in there that, uh, 
I, I don't do much work for. So it, it's pretty, it's pretty light load for me. Um, yeah, I'm, I, this season is mostly just making memories with, uh, oh yeah, Chris, I have, I do have pickleball, which because of the weather, it's been canceled every day. So I don't, I don't have, I haven't had a single class yet. So that makes my schedule easier, but, um, yeah, so it's just going to be making memories with the team, making memories with my roommates, company mates, um, doing stuff on the weekends when I have time. Um, but mostly getting ready to, to get into that tournament. That, that is our goal. And we know that the main way is by winning the Patriot league tournament. So we're, we're prepping for that. We obviously have a lot of non-conference beforehand that we got to win and we got to take care of um, that we're really pumped about. Uh, but yeah, just, it's crazy that this is my, this is my last, last season of, of lacrosse for probably ever. So it's all about just having fun, making sure it's, we're working hard and having a good time, but also winning. I, I don't want to lose. So no, we, we don't want to see you lose either. And it goes by quickly. So enjoy it. Um, be careful as you play pickleball. It still amazes me that we have D1 athletes in season, take like boxing or swimming or pickleball. You know, I'd hate to see like, hey, senior co-captain and Patriot League preseason player, uh, first team, Reagan Roloff, tore her ACL playing pickleball today. Uh, so be careful playing <laughs> I'm not pickleball. Gonna Don't say that. <laughs> yeah, John, please re retract that statement, John. I mean, that is like the kiss of death. Mwah. No, that, I, mine has the opposite effect. That just means it's never going to happen. So, but in all seriousness, Reagan, uh, good luck as you start the season. You start the campaign on Friday at 3 p.m. against Cal. Good luck leading these ladies along with your co-captain, Chris Fiore. And, you know, let's, let's go ahead and continue the, you know, the good trend of beating Army, getting a star. Let's get to the NCAA tournament, win some games, and, uh, and sing second, okay? That sounds pretty good to me. All righty, ladies and gentlemen, that was Reagan Rawls, co-captain of the Navy women's lacrosse team. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to take this out. We'll give you the result of the Navy women's basketball game against Lafayette. This is Sing Second Sports. All right, Sing Second fans, a couple announcements from our friends at the Naval Academy Athletic Association to early season lacrosse matches this weekend. The first is the women, Friday afternoon at 3 p.m. at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium. They kick off their season against the Cal Bears. Get out and see Coach Tim Scholl and Reagan and her teammates uh, as they take on those Cal Bears. And then on Saturday, the Navy men's lacrosse team returns to Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium for a noon face-off against Mercer. Tickets are available for $10 if you're an adult and $5 if you're a child. Get on NavySports.com and buy those tickets today. Then shifting gears to basketball. As we mentioned earlier in the week, the women return to Alumni Hall on Wednesday, February 16th against American University. And then the men face off against Holy Cross on Saturday, February 19th. Tickets are available to both of those games by visiting NavySports.com or calling 1-800-US-4-NAVY. And then finally, for our future college athletes, if your young friends or loved ones are interested in playing at the next level, have them check out the Navy Sports Camps. These camps are offered throughout the year and registration is open now by visiting NavySports.com and clicking on the Camps tab. 
At Navy Sports Camps, every camper has the opportunity to learn from the coaching staff, develop new relationships, and understand what it takes to be a Navy student athlete. As I mentioned before, my uh, 15-year-old Ava is a frequent of these camps. In fact, we signed up yesterday for the 9 April Women's Soccer ID Camp. So be sure to visit NavySports.com, click on the Camps tab, and see if your young athlete has what it takes to compete at the next level. Now back to the pod. All right. Hey, hey, we are back. Uh, what a great podcast. Uh, you know, Chris, I know you agree with me. Talking to Cindy Timschel is literally a ray of sunshine in my day. And it was great talking to Reagan Roloffs for the first time in this podcast. I think the season is going to be very bright. And, uh, and I just can't wait to have Cindy on again. And we'll see if her Super Bowl pick comes true. I'll make mine, not that anyone cares. I think Matt Stafford arrives on the scene as the elite quarterback that the Detroit Lions never let him be. Uh, he throws the Cooper Cup 700 times, and they win by three touchdowns. I am going Rams, all Rams, all the time. Chris, I know that you're a big Joe Burrow fan, particularly the fashion. What is your pick? Yeah, I'm going to go with Joe, uh, Joe Burrow. Uh, you know, He uh, has the same sunglasses that I do. I think it'll be a closer Super Bowl than you do. I have uh, Cincinnati winning by three, and they don't go ahead until late in the fourth quarter. Oh, cardiac Joe Burrow. Um, personally, um, I am more interested in golf and watching the Colin Joe Scarlett Johansson commercial. Uh, but yeah, if there's a football game on on Sunday, I guess I'll watch it. Much more importantly... Um, on Saturday is star day for Navy men's and women's basketball up at West Point. Tune into ESPN plus listen to the sweet dulcet tones of Pete Medhurst as we try to increase the lead in the series. Personally, I feel like we're going to go two and oh, uh, before we go, one other result to talk about the ladies will be up at West Point. Uh, this weekend. But before that, they had some really critical business tonight in Lafayette. Um, at the time of the contest, they shared an identical record with Lafayette, um, had a great opportunity to beat a team that was below them in the conference. Lafayette was three and eight, maybe it was four and seven. This was a team, if you listen to Ashley Pelzik, we should have beaten and we were close to doing so. Uh, with about 235 left, Sydney Watts, who finished with 12. I mean, there's that assist, you know, that Jen Coleman needs. Uh, she made a three-pointer that tied it at 51 with 235 left. And after that, the mids could not convert. Uh, the final was 58-51 Lafayette. The mids slipped further down, kind of third from the bottom now in the Patriot League. And they've got a lot of work ahead of them, really. This weekend to get the star is really, really important to turn this around because they are struggling. Who isn't struggling? Jen Coleman. Um, another very interesting stat line tonight from her. She was eight for 20 from the field, three of six from three. She finished with 22 points and 20 boards. All 20 of those boards were defensive, um, which is a really interesting stat. I, I wonder how often that's happened. But um, after Watts with 12 and Coleman with 22, no one had even more than five points. Um, so that is a struggle bus situation for Tim Taylor's ladies. And hopefully they can come back from Lafayette 
get home at an okay hour tonight, get some rest, get up to West Point, and win the star. So uh, for Chris Cervello, for Bill Wagner, I am John Schofield. Thank you to Cindy Timschel. Thank you to Reagan Roloffs. And thank you to our sponsors, Naptown Scoop, Dry D5, Red Red Wine Bar, the Montana 3000 Podcast, and as always, Academy Consulting. We are out when we come to you next. We will be in San Diego, where we'll be there for AFCA West. We'll try to find some San Diego athletes, and we're going to start bringing you more and more sports previews, including baseball. And we're also going to be talking to some wrestlers before the wrestling star meet. We are out. See you next week. This is Sing Second Sports. Bye. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this pod are our own and don't represent the views of the Naval Academy Athletic Association, the United States Naval Academy, or any organization for that matter. Play-by-play calls from the Navy Radio Network are used in the opening of the show and from time to time will be part of podcast segments.